BMW. The 77%. Hello and a very warm welcome to the show that brings you up to speed with the issues affecting the youth across Africa. This is the 77% where you get a chance to be part of the debate that's shaping your continent. I'm Eunice Wanjiro in Bonn, Germany. On today's show, we're looking at colonization and the impact it has had in Africa. We'll hear from some young people in Namibia, a former German colony and Liberia, which was said to have never been colonized. And you also have a chance to join the debate by visiting our Facebook page, DW Africa. Make sure to leave us your comments there. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines colonialism as control by one power over dependent area or people. Colonialism occurs when one nation subjugates another, conquering its population and exploiting it, often while forcing its own language and cultural values upon its people. By 1900, much of Africa had been colonized by seven European powers, that's Britain, France, Germany, Belgium, Spain, Portugal and Italy. Now this week's debate takes us to the former German colony of Namibia. It was once known as German Southwest Africa. It is in the same country where the first genocide of the 20th century was carried out by German colonial forces against Namibia's Herero and Nama people. Namibian journalist Dwight Links brought together three students and historian Festus Mundua to discuss the impact of colonization on Namibia. Let's take a listen. What have you guys learned so far in terms of the subject of colonialism, as well as Namibia's role in it. Who would like to go first? Amy, this time you. We start with Shani first. Yeah. Um, at school, grade 8 and 9, we only really touched on Namibian history. We didn't really go into depth about it. And in grade 10, so far, we are only doing, we are still European history. Mm-hmm. Only until only at the end of the year will we do I think second to my third is when we'll start with South African and Namibian history. But until now, we're still doing uh, the European history. Yeah. And then, looking at that, how do you feel? Because I'll still ask the same question to the other two. How do you feel in terms of the start? You know, starting, if yeah. we look at Namibia, if we look at Namibia and the African continent as well, we have a very, very complex history. And that includes the colonialism from the beginning. In terms of what you've seen, what would work for you? I, for me, I prefer to learn first about the Namibian history about my own country before I expand and go to other countries and to learn about other European countries or to learn about like Asian countries, about their history. So, yes, I prefer to start first with the Namibian history. Okay, would you like to? Um, <clears throat> um, I'm the same here with Amy. We, we've only touched on Namibian history and South African history, but um, what, I con- what I'm most concerned about, when we do write international exams, like I will write IDCSE exams, they would only discuss South Africa. They would only focus themselves on South Africa, and I feel like it's quite necessary to bring in African history entirely. Since you said 
we do have a complicated history and I feel like it's necessary to know about the place you're living in right now and what has happened to it, what, what were the impacts of what has happened to your own country. And then China? I agree with both of them, but also is right now, I think our textbooks aren't telling us everything. Mm -hmm. They're just telling us specific points in time and they're choosing and picking the things they want us to know. They're not saying everything about our history, which I think is quite disturbing. Because we know so much about other countries and other continents. We don't know our own. Now, if we look at the subject matter only of colonialism, if we look at that, how relevant and you measure against the history that you guys have learned so far, where would you put the relevance? I know I've asked the question in a different format to Amy, but if we can then go back in terms of like who spoke last, like from you, Shengla, in terms of the relevance of colonialism in history and, and what you guys learn in school, how important or do you put it as a very important relevance or a lesser important relevance? Claire? Um, I would say it's quite relevant, um, the topic of colonialism, as I, I honestly feel like it has such a big impact, and even in history, if we, when we do learn about Germany and how they colonized, I, I just feel like it has such a big impact on us. It has changed how we see so many things in life. Our society has changed because of colonialism, how they have affected us politically and um, economically. Uh, yes, I, I, I agree. It's quite um, relevant because it has it teaches us that during this time that a power hierarchy and wealth was created, which definitely resulted into the into the, into the situation of poverty, inequality, and which is which is really important to stay in age to learn about it because you know how other countries function at the expense of, of how certain countries function at the expense of others. So yeah. Shana? No, she said anything I wanted to say. So it's more like a general yeah. agreement yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It represents the configuration of Namibia before the white men came here. That is how they had it. Now, you can see what Ovamboland is there, Kavango is there, Kaprivi now Zambezi is there. Then the rest below this line. That chunk of a mass of land was divided into two. The top part was called Hedaroland, and the lower part was called Nama Santas Namakwalet. When colonialism came, all that you hear, see here is Hedaroland and Namalan. All of it is all gone by a stroke of the pen in Berlin. And when that happened, other things also happened to the generation and after generation all the way up to the present generations. Land rights extends into the wealth up and down beneath. But that's not where it ends. Nowadays in international law, 
Each country has, which has an ocean, you have an extension of the ocean, kilometers which belongs to you, uh, kilometers into the sea, which if we had not lost these countries of ours, we would have been entitled to those kilometers into the sea, not the top water, but down deep and under, and all the marine resources, wealth, be it fish, be it uh, the diamond, in Oranyamun, they fish diamonds in the sea. Uh, oil is also under there. And then the rice for the, the harbors and things like this. We would have the Namas and the Heraros when it comes to the sea wealth, ocean wealth, from that time up till today, undisturbed, we would have been a generation after generation, transgenerational uh, wealth would have been ours. But because we lost land and land rights, we have become transgenerationally impoverished by what we have lost, from which we could have derived our wealth. Very interesting debate right there, but let's pause for a while and look at Liberia. The West African nation is said to have never been colonized. Our correspondent in Monrovia, Evelyn Pade, asked some young Liberians what they think about colonialism and how different their country is from those that were colonized. One of the things that I think about Liberia as one of the countries that was not colonized is that other countries that were colonized by the power that be at the time, firstly, they had some control system. That is their masters. The same governance system that were that their masters were using, they were also using them in these colonies. There were some level of uh, infrastructural development because they had companies there. They needed road to lead to where they could find resources. So in that end, they were able to build some infrastructures, and their cities were better because in some of the colonies, they were considered a part of their mother countries. But like our country, Liberia, uh, what we see as young people coming up and reading our history is that there was not such a huge investment in infrastructure, poor road, no electricity, no pipe water. Even as far as in the uh, the 90s, people were still drinking from wells, from creeks. Had Liberia been colonized, what would you think it would look like by now? Looking at countries that were colonized and countries that were not colonized, like Liberia, you could see, for example, Morocco, you could see even the Arab coast, you could see Libya. Some of these countries were colonized by Italy and Germany and the French uh, or France, and you could see the difference in infrastructure. So They're far ahead of Liberia? Yes, they are. The reason we are the way we are now is not because we are not colonized. Because I think we have our own problems. We are responsible for our development. We cannot blame other countries or we cannot say because, for example, Ghana was colonized, why we were not colonized, and that's the reason why we're not developed. I don't think so. We have leaders, we have citizens, we have educated people here, and we have a lot of, you know, smart, 
and um, creative people in Liberia, we can move this country forward. Each side has a positive and a negative. If you were to look at countries that were colonized, for example, Ghana, the fact that that country was being colonized, they follow the carpet they were taught, they became indoctrinated to a system of governance. In terms of your education, in terms of your, your security, in terms of national governance, and you just deemed the rest. Because we were not colonized, we are not following exactly what we saw other people doing. Countries that were colonized also had their own disadvantage point in this whole process because they were not freely allowed to run their own administrations as government. At some point in time, people who were even governing the colonies were appointed by the mother countries that colonized these countries. So in the end, they never had the free will to run their own government. So the culture of governance in the mother countries were imposed on them. That was also a negative part of the colonization. Thank you so much for those remarks and thank you, Evelyn Pade, for reaching out to the young people. Now, let's go back to our debate in Namibia with the three students and historian Festus Munjua. I want to actually um, ask, there's a question. If we, if we had not been colonized, would we still have had everything we have today? Like the schools, the hospitals. Um, I'm not really sure about the housing, but our education, we still have had it if we had not been colonized. If we had not been colonized at all, we could have generated a progressive development. And if they meant to come here and bring the blessings of civilizations to us, they should have enabled us, taking us to the best of schools in Europe. The universities of Cambridge were there, Oxford were there, Berlin University was there, all these big universities. They took Namibians, Hereros and Namas for a show in, in Berlin. Could they not have taken us to the Berlin universities? Because they started schooling here and they could have developed schooling up to a level. And uh, we might have exchanged our wealth for knowledge, the wealth that we have been deprived of. You could have said, oh, if you want to catch uh, fish from our waters, in exchange for that, you might quit Proko. Can you not give us this, that, or the other? So I'm sure we would have developed. Don't forget that the peoples of the world started as cave dwellers, as hunters and, and gatherers of food. And today they are now the cities of New York, the cities of Berlin, and so on, from that time when they were gatherers and hunters and so on, cave dwellers and so on. We, we would be no exception. We would have developed the same way had we not been, or had we been in a position to colonize Europe, to exploit them if the colonialism was the other way around. Now, guys, also to move on to the next question. Do you trust the historical sources that you currently see in school, the historical sources that you currently are exposed to, and also those that you've read on your own, in your own research on? I don't trust textbooks at all, and I don't trust the resources because over time they could have created one thing with all the information, and then they translated some things differently, and they left out some things to probably make it the book shorter, and so they leave out certain points in history that I think are very important. So I don't trust it at all. 
I think it's uh, for me. I think it's like a yes and no type of thing. I don't trust it, and like you said, like especially with the textbooks, because I feel like um, that it's. I believe that it's handed down with uncertainty. I believe not everyone knew what was happening. Nowadays, we have fake news, and I believe that things, like you said, were taken out or false things were given to us because there's so many resources and they might look so different in some ways, but so similar. So I feel like it's it's a very debatable situation. So I, I do not believe that it's 100% true what we're being told in schools and our, in our textbooks. I think for me, it's somewhat different. I would say the textbooks are there for like, just to give you an idea of what it could be. Maybe somewhat also like in depth, but then I feel like there's so much more you could do on yourself to read, read it for yourself. So I somewhat disagree on that because I feel like, it, because there have been many claims that people have said that history has been whitewashed a lot. So I can see that many of you guys think it has been, it many things have been left out on certainty. But for me, I wouldn't really say that things have been left out or things have been passed on in uncertainty. From Namibia, thank you, Dwight Links, together with your panelists. The 77% join the debate. Now, we asked on our Facebook page, DW Africa, whether it is fair to blame colonization for Africa's problems. And this got you talking. We have Joseph Yeboah, who's saying colonization has undoubtedly affected the growth and development of Africa. For instance, Africans have developed taste for foreign goods. However, we can't blame colonization solely for Africa's problems because countries like Australia, Canada and many more were colonized. But let's see the difference between these countries and Africa. The problem in Africa is about leadership. African leaders are greedy. And Sunny Mohammed is saying colonization is not the cause of African problems. African themselves are the root causes of their problems. Well, Jasper Ngia is disagreeing and he's saying colonization is the worst thing that Africa has ever experienced. Paul Annie Moon is saying colonization has its own negative and positive impacts. But we Africans, we choose to dwell only on the negative sides. The backwardness of Africans today cannot be blamed on the impacts of colonialism. Those are your comments. Keep them coming. Do visit our Facebook page, DW Africa, and keep the debate going. And with that, we come to the end of this week's show. Thank you for listening. Visit our webpage, dw.com forward slash 77, for this and previous shows. And keep the debate going on our Facebook page, DW Africa. On behalf of the production team, I'm Eunice Wanjiro. Bye and take care.